Welcome to the Spirit of Praise broadcast coming to you from Tabernacle of Praise Church International, York, South Carolina. I'm Bishop Alfred Jackson. I'm thankful that you've tuned in today. I pray that the message uh, will bless you and impact your life in a powerful way. Again, thank you for tuning in. Enjoy the message. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let's go back to the book of St. Matthew, chapter 13. Praise God. Hallelujah. And we will read verses 51 and 52. Verse 51, Jesus said to them, have you understood all these things? They said to him, yes, Lord. Then he said to them, therefore, every scribe instructed concerning the kingdom of heaven is like a householder who brings out of his treasure things new and old. I want to talk about the blessedness and responsibility of being a kingdom citizen. The blessedness and responsibility of being a kingdom citizen. So Heavenly Father, thank you for this opportunity to stand and to proclaim your holy word. I pray for a fresh anointing of your spirit that I might communicate your word to your people if you, as you've communicated it to me and that I'll be open to fresh revelation and insight as I'm ministering your word today. And I pray for your people that your anointing will be upon all of us so that yokes are destroyed and burdens removed from our lives and we're open to you and to what you want to do in, through, and with us as your word goes forth. Thank you now. Have your way. Be glorified. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus. The blessedness and responsibility of being a kingdom citizen. Amen. In the message last week, we talked a little about the benefits that come along with being a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. Jesus is the ruler and where he rules and reigns in the hearts and the lives of people. So wherever Jesus rules, that's where his kingdom is. So as Jesus teaches in the book of Matthew or Luke, he lets us know that the kingdom is not necessarily a specific place, but wherever he rules in the hearts and the lives of people. Um, and we talked last week about the fact that the church is not the kingdom. The church is an agency of the kingdom. So therefore, there can be good and bad, uh, as, he, as we dealt with the parable of the, of the um, wheats and the tares, and as we read earlier in your hearing, um, in the earlier part of this chapter, of the dragnet, as the kingdom being like a dragnet that's cast into the ocean and brings in all kinds of fish, good and bad. And so we understand that the church is not the kingdom, but 
It's made up of people and, and good people and bad people, quote unquote good people, quote unquote bad people, are part of the church in a sense. They're, they're in the kingdom in that sense. Um, but for those of us who submit to the rule of Christ in our hearts, in our lives, then we also are in a position to receive his benefits. Amen. Whatever those benefits are, because wherever he is, uh, whatever he wants to, wherever he is, that's where his benefits are. If he doesn't rule in your life, his benefits are not in your life, except for the fact that if it, if it rains, it rains on the just and the unjust. But specifically, you know, when we look for the benefits of the Lord, they're not there in, a, in the life of a person who does not submit to the rule of the kingdom of God in their hearts. And really, you know, uh, people, people hurt themselves when they don't allow Jesus to rule. Um, and, you know, or if they argue with the Lord, and, you know, that means that they've not submitted to his rule. You get to the place that you stop arguing with the Lord and you accept his will because he's not changing just because you don't like it. You know, he's not changing just because he, you don't agree uh, with his standard. Uh, he has set his standard. His standard stands. So wherever the Lord is, that's where his benefits are. In this life, people are looking for a lot of things, you know, uh, um, you know. But people like the scribes and like the Pharisees uh, in the Gospels will look past Jesus Christ because they're not willing to accept him as the anointed one or they're not willing to accept him as the one that God has given uh, to be the provision for our salvation and the provision for all that we need in our lives. Some are not willing to trust him uh, to do what he says he has been ordained to do. Some people are just not willing to do that. They know about him, but trusting him is a totally different thing for them. Some, some believe that, that he takes life away rather than giving life. You know, uh, some people uh, believe that, 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 well, they just think he's just a non-factor when it comes to life and living. Who is this Jesus? What does it really matter? You know, they just don't consider Jesus Christ uh, in any way at all. And, and because, of, because they have wrongs and conceptions of Christ, they miss out on God-ordained blessings for their lives. You know, we can't say that, you know, what people consider blessings, um, you know, Satan can give things to people. He deceives people. He, 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 he allows them to, to do well in life many times. You know, a lot of people are doing well financially and they don't have Jesus. Uh, in their lives. But God ordained blessings and the peace and the joy and the love and the happiness and, the, and, 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 and all of the things and, and that, that God prov provides for people, they miss out on those things. Jesus is the Christ. He is the anointed one sent by God. He is the giver of every good and every perfect gift. He is the conduit through which God supplies all of our needs according to his riches in glory. And in his kingdom, we find everything we need for life and living. Amen. In his kingdom, we really do. We find everything. He has provided all that we need. Um, in his kingdom. This, this week's message takes the concept of this blessedness just a little bit further 
And it ties it also to the responsibility of being a kingdom citizen, which is a real part of the blessedness of being in the Lord's kingdom, under the Lord's rule. Uh, as I continue studying these parables about the kingdom, I came to this section where at the beginning of his teaching concerning the kingdom of heaven, Jesus asked his disciples, where at the end, excuse me, at the end of his teaching concerning the kingdom of heaven, Jesus asked his disciples, do you understand all these things? Now, I'm, I'm using two different translations. I'm going to go back to uh, what I read for you earlier. He said in verse 51, have you understood all these things? Have you understood all these things? All what things? Now, that's not there. I'm just asking that question. Because you read that, you, have to ask, you should ask yourself the question, all what things? Because we're actually picking up this text out of the, near the end of a, whole, of a whole body of teaching. I'm going to go back to this. Okay, so Jesus has been teaching. He's been using parables. And at the end, he asked his disciples, do you understand all these things? Yes, do you understand all that I have been teaching about the kingdom of heaven? And this, this is an important question, okay? Uh, not simply for the sake of the disciples understanding the teaching, but because Jesus' question is directed specifically to his disciples. Now, who are we supposed to be? Disciples. All right, we're supposed to be. Hopefully we are. All right? All right? Do you understand all these things? The Bible says on all of you, get and get what? Get an understanding. Yeah. All right? So, yes, Jesus used parables to make his teaching clearer, right? However, clearer to who is the question? That's the question, you know? We've said over and over again, we've heard it taught that Jesus, is, Jesus used parables so that the common people could understand what he was talking about. Well, that's partially true. However, it's not completely the truth, okay? And I guess if it's not completely the truth, then since we can't have half-truths, <clears throat> all right? And we're going to see in this text, and this is so important. When you read this, if you just pick up here, and, and they say, yeah, we understand. Just like God asked, do you understand this? And inevitably, inevitably, everybody will say, yeah, Pastor, we understand. And go home and have questions. And then what happens to people? Sit in a, in, a, in a teaching session, and you ask, do you understand? And people look, I understand. And then later on, you discover if you, re, if you rephrase the question or, or, or bring up a question about the teaching, people can't answer it because they don't understand. This is, yes, we understand. We understand. All right? Okay. So, so it's, not, it's not the truth that, that Jesus used parables in this context so that the common people could understand what he was talking about. He's speaking to his disciples. Do you understand what I've been teaching? And they said, yes. They said, yes. You see now, everybody who followed Jesus was not his disciples. Right? Okay? Everybody in that crowd 
when Jesus was teaching, everybody wasn't his disciples. You know, you had, you had people who were following Jesus for the miracles, for the fish and the bread. You had the scribes and the Pharisees who were following Jesus, not because they wanted to learn from him, but because they were looking for an opportunity to pick holes in his teachings and to, to discredit him and to destroy him. So when he asked the question, do you understand, he's talking to his disciples because, oh, let me just go, let me, let me, let me just go. Okay, let's go back. Are you following me? You got your Bible, okay? Let's go back to verse 10, Okay. Verse 10 picks up right after Jesus has begun teaching in parables. And in verse 10, the disciples pick up on the fact that Jesus has switched the way he's been talking. And now he's speaking in parables. In verse 10, the disciples came and said to him, why do you speak to them in parables? Why do you speak to them in parables? And Jesus answered and said, to you, it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom, but to them, it has not been given. For to him who has will more be given, and he will have an abundance. But from him who has not, even what he has will be taken away. This is why I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see, and hearing, they do not hear, nor do they understand. With them indeed is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which says, you shall indeed hear, but never understand. You shall indeed see, but never perceive. For this people's heart, this people's heart has grown dull, and their eyes are heavy of hearing. Their ears are heavy of hearing, and their eyes have closed. Now, I'm going to stop right there. I'm, I'm, I'm coming back to this, but I'm going to stop right there, okay? So these people have been following Jesus, listening to him speak directly to them, straightforward, listening to his teachings. But they've been desiring the miracles and desiring the meat and the bread. Yet they do not perceive who he really is. And especially the scribes and Pharisees who just closed themselves off to Jesus. And they were looking for an opportunity to, to discredit him. Prior to this point, as I said, prior to the point that he began speaking them to speaking them in parables, he had been ad addressing the, cr the crowd with straight uh, with direct, straightforward messages. Now, he changes and addresses them in parables, beginning with the parable of the sower. And he finishes, as he finishes the first parable, this is when the disciples ask him, Lord, why are you teaching them in parables now? In essence, Lord, why did you switch? Why did you start using parables? Notice that Jesus does not say, so that they, so that the people can understand me clearer. He doesn't say that. He says to his disciples, 
And I'm going to, this, this time I'm quoting this from the NIV. It makes it a little bit clearer. Because the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven have been given to you, but not to them. Whoever has will be given more, and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from them. This is why I speak to them in parables. Though seeing, they do not see. Though hearing, they do not understand. They're, in essence, Jesus is saying, they're walking with me. They're seeing the miracles, but they're not perceiving the importance of the miracles. They're listening to the teaching, but they're not getting who I am. They're not getting what I'm saying. They're not understanding, they're not getting the reason that I'm saying what I am saying. So the prophecy that Isaiah spoke is being fulfilled in them. You will be ever hearing, but never understanding. You will be ever seeing, but never perceiving. For this people's heart have become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears. This is, this is more of judgment. This is more of judgment. Condemnation. And their eyes have become closed. You remember Jesus' teaching in John to Nicodemus? Unless a man is born again, he cannot see, he cannot perceive the kingdom of heaven. Now, that says a whole lot to people, to me. Well, I said, maybe I'll say me. <laughs> because I don't want to be in a place where I'm hearing but not understanding. I don't want my heart to be so calloused that I get all of the evidence of Jesus the Christ around me and never accept him as my Savior and my Lord. I don't want to be going to the church house and singing the songs, you know, and listening to the messages and being involved in the fellowship of, of believers but miss Jesus Christ. I don't want to do that. I, I, that, that, that. That's first as a waste of time, but it's a dangerous place to be because it puts us in danger of hell's fire and damnation if we never change and believe. And, and so when Jesus, you know, you read this and it sounds like really harsh then that, that Jesus would say this, that he's not speaking so that people could understand him. But he doesn't, he, doesn't, he doesn't mean that they can never understand because people follow him. And we know that in the upper room, there were at least 120 people in the upper room. But there were other believers who had followed him. All right? So, so when you get to the end of that, in the, in the NIV, I think it, 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 it does the uh, sentences correctly because there is a period at the end of their eyes have closed. And then he says, otherwise they should perceive with their, ear, with their eyes and, and hear with their ears and understand their hearts and turn to me and heal them. So he leaves it open that there is a possibility that people will begin hearing and people will, 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 will begin seeing. And of course, that's the work of the Holy Spirit in people's lives as they open themselves up to, to him so that he can minister to them. You know, and we have to be open to the Holy Spirit because he is the one who gives revelation. He is the one who gives insight. But anyway, let me go on with this message, okay? All right. But listen to what Jesus says to his disciples. Blessed 
are your eyes, for they see. Verse 16. And your ears, for they hear. Truly I say to you, many prophets and righteous men longed to see what you see and did not see it. And to hear what you hear and did not hear it. And so Jesus is speaking volumes to his disciples. They are in a uniquely blessed place. Who are we? We're supposed to be his disciples. All right? They are in a place where they are receiving revelation knowledge and spiritual understanding of the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. They're in a place where they're actually experiencing firsthand the one thing that all Israel had been waiting for for many, many years, the promised Messiah. They are actually walking with him. They are actually talking with him. They are actually experiencing the Messiah in real time. They're blessed. They're blessed. Then we get all the way over to verse 51. Fast forward. After he finishes the teaching of, about the kingdom of heaven, explaining that, that, that many people are drawn from, from, by the gospel message, but not all of them are good. Some of them are bad, but the day will come when there's going to be a separation and judgment. He asked his disciples, do you understand all of these teachings? Do you understand? Master, why are you speaking to them in parables? Well, to you has been given the mysteries of understanding, the, given the knowledge to understand the mysteries of the kingdom. To them, it has not. Now, do you understand everything that I've been teaching you? The answer, yes. Saints, the blessedness of being a disciple of Jesus Christ, like the first disciple, is that you and I have the privilege of knowing and understanding the secrets of the kingdom. Don't take that lightly. Don't take that lightly. Okay? Okay? The things that were once hidden have been revealed to those of us who have ears to hear and eyes to see. Like in the scripture, this does not include everyone. We wonder. We wonder why. I posted this video on, 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 on Facebook. We wonder why, some people wonder why, that all of us can believe in the same God, read the same Bible, say we're Christians, but theologically, I mean, politically, we can be on far different ends. It's understanding, it's understanding the mysteries of the kingdom. It's understanding, it's really seeing Jesus and understanding Jesus. You know, we wonder why people reject liberation theology. It's understanding the mysteries of the kingdom. It's seeing the God who delivers people who have suffered, who've suffered, who've been oppressed, who've been downtrodden, and seeing how God delivers them and raises them up. Now, 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 I don't want to go there. Right, let me. The... 
But there's so much wrapped up in, in this, the blessedness. So you can be in the church and never have a true understanding, a true revelation of who Jesus is. A true revelation of how he loves everybody and how his word is applied in people's lives. You'd be in the church and never understand that. Because Jesus doesn't really rule in your heart. Let me tell you. Traditionalism is dangerous. Very dangerous. Your traditions can make void the commands of the Lord. So being religious can be dangerous. Your religiosity will make void the commands of the Lord. Because you become so religious in what you do, you miss Jesus and the import of his teachings. Hmm. Except one is born again, he cannot perceive the kingdom of heaven. Church membership is not being born again. Getting baptized is not being born again. Getting confirmed is not being born again. It's not being born again. It's not. Doing good works is not being born again. Putting on nice clothes and putting on cologne and, and, and deodorant, you know, taking a bath first and putting on cologne and deodorant is not being born again. So we can, we can do all of the outward trappings of looking good and being religious, but it is not being born again. And therefore, we do not perceive the kingdom of heaven. Holy Spirit reveals the word of the Lord to born-again believers, not to those who simply join the church, but never take the effort of developing a serious relationship with the Lord. Let me tell you something. Developing and maintaining a relationship with the Lord is a lifelong endeavor. Am I right? You can't get there, and now, now you're always there. It's like you clean your house one day. You just can't. Okay, my house is clean. So five years later, then I decide to clean it again. <laughs> it's just, it just doesn't happen that way. This is daily maintenance because daily you are being attacked by the enemy. Daily you're dealing with the issues of life and the stresses of life. Daily things are pulling on you. Daily things are warring against you. So daily things are trying to pull you away from your relationship with the Lord. Yeah. So it's, it's a blessing. It is a blessing uh, that we can know and understand the secrets of the kingdom. These things are for us and for our success. Listen now. Excuse me. These things are for us. They're for our success. They're for our victory over the evil one. They're for our health and our healing. They're for our deliverance and for oppression and depression. They are for our financial success. Amen. The principles of the kingdom. They are for our financial success. They are for success of our business ventures and our economic engagements. Amen. 
the, the, the teachings of the kingdom. It's not just about you being saved and going to heaven. The Lord wants you to have a blessed life in this life. And the principles of the kingdom are there so that we can accomplish this. The veil, the veil of the temple has been ripped open. Things that were hidden have been revealed. The way of God has been revealed to us. Principles for life, principles for living, principles for, for success in life have been revealed. To power has been given to us. Power over the enemy, power over sickness. Uh -huh. Yeah, mental sickness and physical sickness. Power over disease. All this has been given to us. Power over sin. Power over the trick of, tricks of the enemy. A sound mind has been given to us. In fact, Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, the divine power, his divine power, has given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Yeah, yeah. So it is a, we're in a blessed place. We are blessed that we can understand the secrets of the kingdom of heaven. Don't discount that. Your understanding of the secrets or the principles, the things that the Lord has revealed, has been the way to your success thus far in your life. Hadn't been just because you were smart. No, 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 no. There's some things God has worked out. There's some, there's some revelation that the Lord has given you in situations that has brought you through and brought you out. There have been times that, 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 that because you're filled with the Holy Spirit, he has guided you around danger. You didn't even know you were going to danger, but he saw it before you got there, and he guided you around it. Amen. This is a part of being, this is the blessedness of being in the kingdom. It's not for everybody. A lot of people are coming. You wonder why you, 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 you're going down the highway and you see the sign and you take the detour. Somebody else is going down the highway and they see the sign and they say, well, I'm going to go a little bit further and end up getting in trouble. To you has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom as his disciples. Now, with understanding comes responsibility, right? And this is what Jesus is teaching in this parable. Uh, to explain this, the Lord added a final parable here. He said, and he reminds the disciples of that responsibility. He said, therefore, listen now, therefore every scribe who has been trained for the kingdom of heaven is like a householder who brings out of his treasure what is new and what is old. Okay. All right. Now, it's the scribes and the Pharisees who've been opposing Jesus. So he uses them as a, uh, he kind of makes a contrast here with, 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 with his disciples. All right. Think about a scribe being one who preserves the law. But in order to preserve the law, he has to learn the law. You know, um, he has to know the law. He has to know the teaching. So Jesus is saying, now you've been trained in the things of the kingdom. You've been following me. You've been trained in my teachings. You are like a scribe. Okay? All right? Okay? As scribes, we have to be persons who discover truth. Okay? 
The scribes, they began as a noble group under the leadership of Ezra. Look back in the book of Ezra, okay? Their purpose was to preserve the law, study it, and apply truths to daily life. Over the years, their noble cause just kind of degenerated, okay, into routine tasks of preserving traditions and man-made interpretations, okay? And what they did was they began to add more burdens to people than they did making the burdens lighter. Jesus talks about this in Luke chapter 11, verses 46 to 40, 52. He says, and you experts of the law, woe to you, because you load people down with burdens they can hardly carry, and you yourself will not lift one finger to help them out. Woe to you, because you built tombs for the prophets. It was your ancestors who killed them. And he goes on to say some other things. These people were so wrapped up in the past that they ignored the present. Instead of sharing living truth from God's word, they merchandised dead doctrines and embalmed traditions that couldn't help people in any way at all. As present day followers of Jesus Christ, and this is what Jesus was saying to his disciples, as present day followers of him, we do not search after truth because we have truth in God's son, Jesus Christ. In God's word, we have truth. We are taught by the spirit of truth, who is truth. We search into truth, all right, that we might discover more truth, glory to God. And as his scribes, as his students who are sitting at his feet, we listen and learn his word. One of the joys of the Christian life is the privilege of learning truth. And I, I don't want to go too far right there because that's so critical. That's so critical. So when Jesus asks you, do you understand all these things? Don't give the Lord a blank stare. Don't say, yes, Lord, I understand and you don't understand. Give yourself to understanding. Study so that you can understand it. So that you can dig into the truth that the Lord is teaching so that you can understand. Because there is a responsibility that every disciple of the kingdom has. What is that responsibility? We're disciples who do truth and who dispense truth. It's not just the pastor's responsibility to dig into the scriptures. It's not just the, the people who have the title minister, and you all know this. It's not just the, the ministers and the elders' responsibility to dig into scriptures. And you don't wait until you get a chance to preach to start digging into the scriptures. Preachers. Amen. You do not wait. You do not wait until you get an assignment from Bible study to start digging into the scriptures. As a follower of Jesus Christ, we have the responsibility of knowing the truth and dispensing that truth to others. Knowing the truth, doing the truth, and dispensing that truth to others. You become a householder. You become a steward. Householder there is using the word steward. A steward is the one who manages the, the affairs of, the, of, of others. A steward. You become a steward of, good tr of the treasures. How does he say it? 
You become a steward. Let me go back and read it so I can tell you exactly. 13. 51. Like a householder who brings out of his treasure things new and old. You become a steward of the treasures of the kingdom. And so you, 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 you understand the old, but you bring out of the old the truths that apply to life today. So you bring out the, the, the new from the old so that as it applies to people's lives, you can help them in their daily walk with the Lord. It would not do me any good to stand up here and preach to you just what's read in the scripture, never give you any understanding. When I read the book of Ezra, you can go there and read it. As they discovered the law and they stood and read the law, it said that they gave them the sense of the teaching or the understanding of the teaching. So you got truths. You're a householder. You are a steward. Who is your first church? Your children. Husbands, our wives should be our first church before we have children. But unfortunately, sometimes men, especially in America, sometimes we don't take spiritual things uh, to heart so fast. For some reason, Women tend to be more sensitive to spiritual things and take spiritual things to heart more. Why? I can't say that I have an answer to that, but you look at our churches and you see more women than you do men. Sometimes you look at our houses and, well, there's a whole history behind all of that. But, but the Bible says that we are to dwell with our wives according to knowledge and we are, as men, we're to te even teach our spouses the things of God. But your first, either way, thank God if you got a spiritual wife. Thank God she's deep in the word of the Lord. Thank God she can teach you some spiritual things. Either way, your first ministry is your house, your own children, your own family. You are a steward. You are to understand the mysteries of the... This is the responsibility of being a part of the kingdom of heaven, being a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. We submit it to the Lord's rule. He's revealing truths to us. We're digging into these truths so that we understand. So that we understand. You know... Sometimes when I'm in Bible study, I, I, I like to ask people questions. And I, and I will repeat stuff to see if people understand what I've been saying. Because if you can't repeat back to me what I repeated to you, then apparently you missed it. I didn't communicate it clearly, or you missed it. You don't understand it. Understanding is critical. That's the blessedness of being in the kingdom. Now that I understand... I can teach it to other people. That's my responsibility. If anyone will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. 
Well, I'm following Jesus. What do I see? I see him teaching people. I see him helping people come to God, come to know God, restoring people, reconciling people to God. I see Jesus. So following him, I'm to do the same thing. The blessedness and responsibility of being a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for the power of your word. Thank you that when your word goes forth, it does not return to you void, but it accomplishes all that you desire. Thank you that you prosper your word in the things that you sent your word to. Thank you for sending your word to us today. Thank you for what your word has accomplished in our lives. Thank you for challenging us that we won't be ever learning and never coming to the knowledge of the truth. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for challenging us, not only with just being blessed to be your disciples, but taking the responsibility of being scribes and stewards in your kingdom. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I pray that the message has helped in some way this morning. You know, we think about being a part of the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, understanding that the kingdom is where God rules, and understanding that that rule takes place first in the hearts and the lives of individuals. You can be a part of the church and not a part of the kingdom where Christ rules. Does he rule in your heart? Once the Lord rules, it's in his kingdom that things begin to open up, that mysteries are revealed, that truth is revealed. And then we begin to hunger and thirst after that truth. We begin to dig into that truth. We begin to discover more truth. Our lives begin to change. We begin to Share what we know with others. Other people start coming to know Jesus. Now we're bearing fruit for the kingdom. Now we're being productive. Now we're engaging in other people's lives. And we're experiencing the blessedness of touching people's lives and making a difference in people's lives. It's no longer all about us. It's about other someone else. It's about doing the work of the kingdom. But it starts with Jesus ruling you never know the benefits of the Lord ruling in your life until you give him a chance to do that. It takes you trusting him. It takes you opening up to him. Am I saying that you're going to be a perfect person? You're not going to be a perfect person. None of us are perfect. But we open ourselves up to the place where the Lord can begin to work out his perfect will in our lives. It's what the Lord does that makes all of the difference in the world. So this morning, you want to give your life to Jesus. I'm not, now I'm not talking about being a member of the church. I'm talking about yielding your life, your heart, your will, your will, your emotions to the Lord Jesus Christ. Making a decision today to say, Lord Jesus, I need you in my life. I'm a sinner. I'm separated from God. My life is not fulfilled. 
I believe that you died on the cross for my sin. You gave your life so that I could live. So, Lord Jesus, I want you to come into my heart. I want you to rule in my life. I want to discover these truths that this preacher's been talking about. So if you're in that place, there's one thing you can do this morning. You can pray a prayer of repentance and ask the Lord to come into your heart, come into your life. I want to lead you in that prayer this morning. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. I cannot save myself. My life has been doing what I want to do, how I want to do it, the way I want to do it. But I've been challenged today that there is a better way. And that way is to allow you to rule my life. Lord Jesus, come into my life. I invite you in today. Rule in my heart. Rule my will, my emotions. Rule my being. I give myself to you today. And as I pray, I receive you as my Savior and my Lord. And today, I thank you that according to your word, I am saved. Thank you for my salvation. Amen. Well, that brings us to the end of the message for today. I pray that you've been blessed by the message. And if you have, write to us. Let us know how this message has impacted your life. Or if you've made a decision for Christ today to follow Jesus as your Savior and your Lord, write to us and let us know that as well. And give us your information so that we can follow up with you. You may write to us at Tabernacle of Praise at msn.com. That's Tabernacle of Praise at msn.com. Give us your email address or a way to contact you so that we can follow up with you. Also, we would like for you to sow into this ministry. If you've been blessed by this work, by the preaching of the gospel and the teaching of the gospel, and you would like to help further this cause, we're not just preaching here in the United States. We are preaching around the world. Through this podcast, our messages are being heard in many places around the world. We are actively working in eight countries in the world, on the ground in Liberia, Malawi, Burkina Faso, Ghana, Guinea, uh, Kenya, and Dominican Republic. So if you'd like to help us in this work, feel free to sow a seed to help further the preaching and teaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the expanding of the kingdom of God. If you would like to give, go to topraise.org forward slash give. Again, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Continue to pray with us and for us as we continue to spread this gospel of Jesus Christ around the world. God bless you.